Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to this week's episode of The Nero Show. In today's episode... A patent for a new SRAM shift lever has been released. I don't care, but Chris seems to be really excited about it. Are wheels still a froth-worthy upgrade? Let's chat. Chris Froome drops down to another low, now blaming his bike fit for his performance issues. Tour of Southland is the best race in the Southern Hemisphere, and the 50-Minute Club discuss the GCN article. All right, let's get into it. It's 2.17pm on Wednesday, November the 8th, and it is The Nero Show. People do that. People do intros like that. Yeah. I hear. Yep. Maybe we should do that. Should we do an intro change? Going worldwide. Worldwide. Recorded live as opposed to any other thing. All right. So I got excited. I I, I rarely get excited looking at, what are they called? In Those engineering sort of pictures or sort of schematics or I don't know, I don't know what, <laughs> yeah. what they're actually referred to as. Um. Probably not as excited as Peak Talk gets because he loves sort of Ooh, oh he loves going yeah. into those yes <laughs> but um, so my my layman's excitement was due to this uh, announcement on Velo uh, outside media did a expose can we call it an expose into a patent release always good when you see a patent release that mm. gets you going but this is the sh- new SRAM axis levers well alleged new SRAM. Levers. I can see you getting excited over there. I uh, just spell it out for me, Chris. I, I want to know more. All right. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna break this down into four new additions to to the levers from from the old one. Right. Now the first Sell one me. is the layout to the braking mechanics. I'm gonna read this because I'm gonna get it right with a high pivot lever design that is said to deliver a more improved mechanical advantage. Then we have a larger brake fluid reservoir inside the housing. We have tool-free adjustment of the bite point and the inclusion of a programmable button on the inboard face of the hood. That's a lot of... That's I a mean, lot of... where do we start? <laughs> this is groundbreaking. Ultimately, this seems to be doing, well, three main things. The first is make the brakes work better by... Allowing more fluid or something. I'm not gonna. I'm not okay. I'm not gonna go that route. But this to my. <laughs> You're about to try and I'm gonna, I'm, explain <laughs> how the the higher leverage. All right from a, from an absolute nufty cyclist perspective, the issue with the SRAM levers were always that they were big and chunky. The brakes were a bit slop. The uh, they did the pistons didn't piston or whatever pistons do, and the um, so to actually adjust it, you had to use a tool. And the big one for me was that there was no defly button. So there was no additional button to, to program to do stuff like shifting and maybe swiping through your garment and that kind of stuff. So from the outside of looking in, this seemed to be basically fixing all those three problems that I had with the SRAM lever. And in addition, it kind of it looked a little bit more like a GRX hood and lever, which I can get around. I absolutely love those levers, especially the way they kind of taper um, with the blade. I don't know. This this for me is potentially all I have wanted and maybe I'll be SRAM for life. I mean, it feels like something we shouldn't be we shouldn't be even seeing. I kind of feel it. You know, it's one of those things where it's like you guys go away, you do your engineering things, you improve the mechanics, you prove all the internals, but we don't really need to see what's going on in there. We just want to ride it when it comes out. Do the brakes work well? How does it look? 
and Bob's your uncle. But I'm glad that there's work going on under the hood. I think there was one thing they mentioned in there that puts less pressure on the uh, on the piston or on the, the housing around it. So if that means it's longer lasting, you don't need to do as much maintenance, I'm, I'd be on board then. If this is one of those things where you're not having to take it to the bike shop every six months to get the thing rebled, awesome. I think that'd be good. But this is the kind of stuff that you do want to see. Like, it's not flashy. Like, probably no one's clicked this article. But it is what you want to see is all the improvement that they can't really put on a spec sheet, but you, you'd like to see happening from the, for the top of the line group set. We're seeing this now. Does this, does this mean this is in its formulaic stage of, like, development, this product? Like, is this the first step of, okay, guys, we're going to start putting this product together. The first thing to do is get this patent sorted and then so are we like are we years away having seen this or is this is this the last little step it's the the final tick of approval that it goes through that's that's one question i want to know like is this months or is this years the other is i, I read this i looked at this and i thought to myself holy shit, what are they going to charge for this it was like the first thing i thought was just oh here's some here's some development some points of difference to their their marquee top of the line group set. Holy God, we are going to be seeing some zeros yeah. next to this You're group be set. Crying. Although on the top of my head, from seeing a lot of these other articles in the past where they dig into the patents and stuff when they get released, they're usually pretty accurate. I remember a lot of, quite a few of them have come true in the past. I don't know. To answer your question, I have no idea when that'll come through. Did you actually get excited about this, seeing this? Because I, I think I'm weird. I think I've I've almost gone sort of full circle with product releases and stuff like that. The fact that this was almost like a leaked rumor of a new product got me, oh, this is, look at these designs. This is new. This is exciting. Brilliant from SRAM because this is, this is how you sort of generate a bit of buzz in the tech world. You do a few little few little leaks of the new iPhone. It kind of sneaks out and weird techie people get sort of super excited about it from little sketches. This is, I reckon, this is the new way to create froth in your, your product launch. You reckon? But the only thing that actually matters besides the look is the fact that it has an extra button to the average person. It's just, oh, it's got an extra shifting button. That's cool. They don't really care what's going on inside the hood. And doesn't the previous version don't the brake their hydraulic disc brakes don't they already work well? Was it was there an issue with the SRAM Red Axis twelve speed disc brakes? You're you're just calling for a, a focus style press release when it comes out. Here's the specs. We've got a new button. Oh, there's some internal workings. I just liked the fact that these guys are where it feels like we're on the inside. We're sort of we're delving deep into some some unreleased technology. This might be the most like. Peak Talk might look at this and go, this is the most basic, simple technology of all time. Do you reckon you'll even bother doing a video on it? I reckon he won't bother. Probably not. No. No. I, not. I, I, well, well yeah. we know how what he thinks about SRAM. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, Chris. Uh, hydraulic disc brake lever that is a bit smaller oh, than the, the last the one. Cool it's got kids, an extra button. The cool kids are all uh, about this. Gonna... <laughs> they, they love it. There we go. The forums are the alive. Forum. <laughs> Forums are buzzing. Just because I'm not that excited with what I've seen here, I'm thinking, well, what would a group set release have to be to make me wet myself? And it ha- it have to be 13 speed, I think, wouldn't it? I c- that's probably the biggest thing that a 2023 group set would have to do would be to add another gear. I hadn't that hadn't even entered my brain actually. That's interesting. I yeah, for me, I suppose it's just purely refinement. All I wanted was ergonomics, refinement, and I know that's kind of boring. Yeah, that was that's, which is fair to say. If you think it works pretty well, just make it a bit easier to maintain and adjust. All right, let's let's just quickly have some wheel chat then, because we've we've talked a little bit of bikes recently, and it's almost it kind of feels at the moment that that wheels, which used to be the the clear second when it comes to accessory it was frames wheels that's just that was your next chat in fact you could spend months you could spend many a group ride or a cafe sitting discussing wheel choice is wheel choice done in terms of are we at a stage where like the mainstream brands the chinese brands it's all kind of just 
become the same circular carbon thing with varying types of depths and it's not really a hot topic that it used to be? I think no. I, I do think the, if anything, it's gotten worse because you slap on a set of Princeton Carbon Works or what are those carbon spoked, that German brand that does the carbon spoke, the biker head components, it's, and, or even Envy's still, there's just still something about a top of the line brand name wheel set that just does it for people. And even though in terms of performance, you could say it's all come together from the Chinese brands, the Asian brands and the top level, it's, they're all similar. In terms of uh, what people want to ride, where, where the froth is, I still think wheels, a, a mid-set of wheels is, is, is it. That's, yeah, a big one. All right, that's, that's almost the easy answer. I think there's a bit more nuance here. I, 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 I do think, and I picked this up a little bit, yeah, a little bit in the US, there was certainly a, a not an if, you know that kind of thing, like if you're in the in crowd, you start getting the, the thing that everyone's like, it's not the mainstream type thing, but it's, it's like a little wink and nod and you kind of say, and I reckon the, the Chinese wheel brands have, have reached that phase where if you get the hypers and you put them on your SL, your SL7, it's still very much an approved and there's no, yeah, there's a, it's, it's, it's certainly, it's reached a level where I think from a pure performance perspective, it's, it's just agreed that we're basically there across the board and that you're not really losing much. No, I I think you are, that hundred percent exists. It's kind of, you rock up to a crit and there's the group of guys that have have the elite wheels and, oh, they're good, eh? They're, yeah, they're just as good. Oh, they're if not better. Oh, I, yep, 100%. I still think that's relatively small part of the um, the the road market. I still, I, like, a set of hypers in a sort of niche part of Instagram that are into that, yeah, cool. But, you know. Take someone from Hong Kong, stick a set of Partington wheels on. Like it doesn't. It's it's. There's still that fr- whole all those markets that just froth their nuts off. <laughs> what about the in-house brands then? Like because I, I, one of the the theories that I had while why the the wheel isn't as thingy as it used to be was that everyone sort of does their in-house brand. So obviously you got the Kdex ones, you got the Reserve ones. Um, Roval, Bondrager, you name them, they've, they've all got them. And, okay, they're not all exactly the same, but they're certainly comparable to each other. So the day of, like, of your wheel set selection being an integral part of the bike purchase or that kind of thing is a bit done because your package includes it anyway. And, yeah, I, I don't know, I just sort of... Is that another little aspect that's just ended the wheel excitement? No, because I totally disagree that there's no wheel excitement. I <laughs> still, still like, yeah. Uh, again, those top brands, stick them on. It's, it's still, I, it is still there. I mean, I don't agree. If I see a bike with zips and a bike with the hypers, the hypers look cool. I'm like, yeah, but that's me. But if you went to a zip's, probably not a good example because I unfortunately think zip aren't that cool anymore. So probably not a great example. What's cool in wheels is really hard. Like that's a really, I don't know how to put my, because you made a comment last week and we we're, we we're talking about the, the DT Swiss wheels and you were like, oh, they're just, they're almost run of the mill now or something. Mm. That, yep. A hundred percent. Yep. And I saw someone commenting like, you know, oh, it's so out of touch because he thinks everyone owns DT Swiss wheels. But that's not the point. The point you're trying to make is that if you see lots of something, therefore something becomes less exclusive and it loses its desirability. But it just shifts because, yes, like now DT Swiss is – so if you, if you, if you um, 
specking out a bike, you put DT Swiss wheels on it. Like it's not that frothy anymore. But the brands change. Now it's, uh, what is it? Partington, Princeton Carbon Works. I mean, Princeton Carbon Works didn't even exist what feels like two years ago. They, it literally came out of nowhere. I, bl- I blame GC Performance just, just quietly, but anyway. <laughs> I think we could blame Ineos for that one. Anyway, but uh, they come up, but you know, then they get popular and then it gets kind of run of the mill. And then there'll be some other, some brand will pop up with wheels, but the, the, the performance doesn't really change that much. I suppose the, the other thing is I'm trying to sell my Princeton wheels at the moment. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I can't sell them. Oh. I can't sell them. Oh, they already had their day. Well, like, you know, they weren't cheap, so I'm not, I'm not <laughs> selling them for nothing. Okay, yeah. But, you know, I'm selling them for like $2,000 or something. Okay. Can't move them. Oh. And their disc? Yeah. The disc? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the, the, they're the ones I race Grafton on. Like, they're bloody good wheels. <laughs> but there's like literally a <laughs> couple of likes and a comment with a thumbs up. And like that's it. They okay, so why why are they not selling because the person that would have bought them is now on elite wheels? Or is the person that would have bought them now on bike ahead components three spokes? What do you reckon? Well it's it probably is more column B than column A. But it may maybe it's that person won't buy second hand. As well, potentially, if you're buying something that premium, you've got the money anyway, and you're willing to, or you almost want to spend it on it. I, I don't know. Um, it's, I'll be honest. It's been years since I've been trying to sell wheels, because well, we were trying to sell rim brake wheels oh, yeah. the other year, and that was a whole other disaster. <laughs> and half of them were tubular. Them are still over there. Um, there were tubs yeah. too. Yeah, exactly. God, rim brake tubulars. Yeah, Good but I, I don't know. I just, I just can't get any movement on it. And yet, yeah, I'll talk to Grant or something and be like, we cannot bring in enough of these things. They just flow out the door. So Can I, can I carry this into, um, if you, you're buying an expensive brand, I've seen this with the, what a few of the brands doing it. Wheels uh, is one case. So I know Envy do this and Rafa with Kit sort of do this where – it's not warranty, but it's essentially a quasi-insurance program that's built into the price. So if you buy a set of MVs, they have an incidental damage replacement program. So if you drive your bike into your garage door and crack your front Envy wheel, they will replace it for you for free. And not warranty because it's not the wheel's fault. It's totally your fault, but they'll replace it. Back in the day, people were saying like it was, oh, I'm on my fourth set of Envies because I've crashed in a crit or, you know, it's just, and they just replace them. It's just like, it's a magic. And then the same with, I think Rafa have a similar program where if you crash uh, or if you tear a jersey or something, you can send it in and they will repair it for you for free, which is cool. But that's not a warranty because it's not a fault of the item. So in paying for that product, you are paying a premium and that premium is essentially you're paying for insurance like without, but you can't opt in and out of that. It's the same price for everyone. So where are you at with that? Is that, is that a good thing? So would you rather spend $4,000 on a set of MVs and they'll replace them if whatever happens, or would you rather them be cheaper, but not have that sort of built in insurance? Do people still get bike insurance? That's still a, a really common, you know, the thing, you know, bike is sure or velo sure or wherever they are. I mean, I'm actually really of, out of touch. I don't yeah. know. You don't know with your, with your clients and athletes, whether they don't, don't really ask. Cause it was the thing. Like you, you just did it. It wasn't even, they had the brochures at the bike shop and you just, when you bought the bike, you took the brochure and you filled it out. And that's the first thing you did. I don't know whether that's, I mean, having gone through all the team stuff, we just got so removed from all that, it didn't become, didn't become realistic. But my, po- my point of bringing that up is, you know, well, that would affect it because if you wouldn't be double insuring your stuff then, so, you know, you would potentially then avoid having to spend money on your, on your bike insurance if you had this built-in insurance with the wheels. Um I don't know. Like I, I don't like it 
uh, I don't insure my bike because I can afford to buy a new bike if something happens to it. So I don't like that I would be paying a premium for a product to fund some bloke to replace his five times because he keeps crashing and doing stupid stuff. Like that, it just in principle annoys me. So I don't like brands that do it. Um, the re- the reason I found about uh, the Rafa one that how they have the repair program is because on Oompa Loompa's channel he was interviewing a guy who was a big fan of Rafa and they asked him oh, what why you always buy Rafa he says oh they have an amazing repair program so I think the guy crashed and they repaired it for free I the Rafa one uh, look if they're just repair they're actually repairing it so it's first it's good for the environment and it's not that expensive so I don't really. The Rafa thing was just an example. I'm not saying that as much, but like Envy just like sending out replacement wheels for some bloke that keeps breaking it actually puts me off buying it because you're inadvertently funding everyone else that breaks their wheels all the time. So I, I, I don't like it. That's my take. Just coming back then to the legitimizing the Chinese brand wheel thing versus the mainstream brand wheel, does that play in the back of people's mind when you are still making that comparison probably i mean people probably really like it i'm guessing there's people out there like the people that i remember that talking to that bought envy specifically because they have peace of mind if anything happens it gets replaced so that would be a reason not to buy a chinese brand i mean what how would a even not not even the incidental replacement i mean a warranty thing on a chinese direct consumer wheel especially without a distributor after you do if they're doing direct to consumer well i mean that's a whole another thing but i think that's factors in i I, i've just kind of absolutely lumped all carbon disc brake wheels in (laughs) in the same pile and just gone pick one out they're all the the same (laughs) who cares there are points of difference and I, i you know it's not quite like the layupy thing of of the the bikes that we talk about but like clearly for me, like it's, it goes like this. It's like, so there's, there's your, your rim type. So I'm talking like hookless or non hookless. That's like, for me, the first, I suppose, in the factor that you would consider. Then it's carbon spoke, not carbon spoke is probably another sort of determining factor in there. Then I suppose you're going into a hub names. So you DT Swisses, or you're going to go to, full Florida spec and put the tactic ones on and, and go down that route. Like, you know, I know with a lot of the Chinese ones, you can still, you can actually do that. You can do the full build up the, the different types of, of hubs and all that the kind of stuff. The days of the hubs gone. It's all OEM hubs. Now you build your own hub because you want it to be specific for the, the flange that width that lines up with your rim. So you can have the spokes on the angle, the days of, Oh, I'm, I, I want, I want the wide industries. So I'm going that route. I reckon that's done. Now, I think you actively don't want that because you want it. It's all the system, Chris. Ah, you, want the whole, you, want the you want the whole system. And you also don't want SAPIM CX Ray spokes. You want the custom spoke for that specific hub built by the rim manufacturer. It's the whole system, Chris. Yeah. It's the whole shooting match. Yep. Rim width, 25 mil minimum. All these, these, all these kind. Of, I mean, there are there are points. Have of you difference. ridden even ridden a Chinese wheels before? Yeah. What have you What have you had? Uh, well, I've had quite a number. Um, so I had the Fast Sports. I haven't I haven't ridden disc. Okay. Yeah, That's I haven't it. ridden yeah. disc. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all of them were rim. Oh, and you had the um, the ICAN. Oh yes, you yes, had the yes, ICANs. Yes, yes. I still yeah. got the I've still got the ICANs. They were discs, yeah. weren't they? Yes. But you never used them on the road bike? No. Okay. No. There's, there's a comparison oh, come video on, Chris. in the yeah, works. This is your job here. You're meant to be going through all this stuff and works. I can ask you a thousand questions. Yeah. Well, it's, yes. Once I realized that they were gravel wheels on a gravel bike. <laughs> okay. So they never got rid of <laughs> What are we going to do, Chris? <laughs> I know you don't want to talk about it. Just, just super quickly. Okay. <laughs> just for you, Chris. Just, just for you. Complete change of topic. Did, did you watch Dylan Johnson's review of his last race, the one of the lifetime Grand Prix ones? I watched the start of it, yeah. Like, I realise this is just the same whinge I have over and over again, but, like, it's just a shit show. Like, how, to, to, in terms of 
the puncturing and all this, the mechanicals. Like he's, and it's an entertaining video because it is such a like completely relevant topic. But like he's he's like building this bike to make it completely bomb-proof, borderline unrideable, putting like gallons of sealant in it to try and avoid punctures. And he's there saying, yeah, look, this is this was the determining factor in my ride, again, was the equipment choices that I've made and the mechanicals that were going on. You, you're just watching this video of him going along and it's just like, poo, 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 poo. All these people yeah. like spending, yep. I don't know, I just... I just watch this stuff and I'm like, people train hours and months and this is their key event. And like, we had this little whinge last week about your pedal braking. It was, it was like the first mechanical you've probably had in an event in like a decade. <laughs> and here are these people turning up to events and just their entire experience is completely dictated to by the equipment. I, sorry. I just, Although I think he was saying that was a particularly bad course because of the type of gravel cuts through the tires. True. So you, if you weren't in the series and you were just uh, enthusiast, you could choose not to go to the ones that have razor blade gravel. True. Because you don't want to cut your tires up. So but I think then, you could pick and choose what's yeah. what's easier, what's not. But like he said, that was one of the few non-altitude events. So you know, then you you start to kind of narrow that window. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're, you're preaching to the choir here, know, Chris, because I I, I, that was always, always, I'm not interested but <laughs> in, have, like, but that dealing said, with mechanicals and crap. But having said that, like, I reckon the buzz of if you'd selected the right gear and had a good day, like, that must be a super buzz. You're riding past someone who's 20% fitter than you just because yep. they got a flat. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> like you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that must just be, like, such a, yeah. So I totally get that, and I'm sure the whole experience is, is kind of cool, but, Yeah. Sorry, I just... Please excuse my ignorance here. Mountain bike doesn't have this issue, does it? I mean, you can flat, you just fucking bang into a rock and it can blow your tyre off. But you, you, there's not blokes just getting blown off the like a cross-country mountain bike race. Not as much, no. No. So given how varied the courses are, it does appear that gravel is worse for punctures and just random crap that happens or mud, like the mud pit at... <laughs> unbound it just seems like it's so yeah yeah not that it's anything new yeah or been yeah. since day yeah. one but yeah sorry that was that was just 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 been buzzing in the back of my mind <laughs> the other thing the other thing that's been buzzing in the back of my mind is through me <sighs> do you like that segue yeah that was that great segue? that was really that was good. A good segue yeah with that professional yeah, yeah. so through the new chris miller he's he's he, done a he has done a classic yeah. chris miller He's blamed – well, firstly, he's just been blaming his equipment for God knows how long. A certified master cyclist. <laughs> this is as good as it gets. This is classic Miller playbook. So, But once you've finished with your, your equipment side of it, you don't turn to your own performance. No, 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 no. Get into the, get into the black field. Geometry, That's it's geometry. It's in your geometry. <laughs> it's a geometry issue. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I've just – I was a centimetre up. And how, how could have I been asked to perform in that position? Um, actually, do you want to fill people in what I'm talking about? Well, he, the, an article, there was an article. Now, let's just say, who, who was the article from, let's say? It was an, from Irish, an Irish magazine. Oh, stickybottle.com, we're yeah. reading. Froome changes bike positions by centimetres after oversight caused errors. So he goes on to say that he, he randomly had his old Sky, Team Sky bike out had them next to each other, and he realised, light bulb moment, the reach is three centimetres shorter on the old bike. He'd be, he was too stretched out for, for the last three years, no, so apparently, on mm. his factor, and that's going to make the difference. So the quote here is, uh, I took my old bike and went to a specialist and found very big discrepancies between my positions, but now we've made some big changes. More than centimetres in terms of saddle height, in terms of the reach, it's really a lot. We're not talking millimetres. It's a positive thing for me. I found it's given me a lot of added motivation now because it might be part of the puzzle. It's missing pieces as to why I haven't quite found the level that I've wanted to get to. And that's why. I mean, he's, I honestly think at this stage, has entirely lost his marbles. Because this isn't, this is not a satirical. I honestly, when you sent this to me, I thought 
sticky bottle was like the onion. A meme page. It's like a <laughs> meme page. Like my oops, my reach was too long. <laughs> like, but it's not. These are his quotes. He and he seems like Froome used to have that kind of joking, trolling mm-hmm. sort of nature. Yep. yep. But he's on. not joking. No. He's hundred percent. Seems like he's serious. Um. I don't know what to say, really. So I a couple of things here. Um, I did I did message a uh, a bike fitter who's a mutual friend of ours, Mister Petty, and I said, Tom, is this is this is this is is onto something here? We all we all missing we all missing Watts due to due to his position. I I won't reply with reply that Tom gave me. Let's just say I think Tom's a big fan of uh, of Mr. Froome. But basically, look, he just said, look, most amateurs will notice uh, a difference like that when they get on the bike in terms of comparative, like having that difference in the position originally from what he'd gone through on in Ineos to what he went to uh, on the factor. Either most amateurs would have picked that up within seconds, within hours of their first ride to, to have believed that, He's just been riding in this totally different position for that long and no one's ever looked at it is completely unbelievable. So anyway, just putting putting that aside. Um, is this a real journalistic integrity like here? That? We're going to sources for, their, source. for their quotes. Damn, I, damn I right. really like these. Okay. Yeah, well, I didn't actually ask this him whether I was level. allowed to say that. But anyway, <laughs> I've now said it. I think you just, just assume that if Chris is asking you a question about a cycling-related topic, you're probably going to end up on the show. Um, but... Here's, here's, here's my Froomey thing. So I liked Froomey. I actually had a quite an affiliate. No, that's not the right word. I had quite an affinity for, for Froomey. Met him. Uh, had a beer with him, believe it or not, down in at um, Kosciuszko. He's trashing his legacy more than I think any other athlete I know without like horrendous doping allegations and all the rest of it, but just just from pure trolling and getting his branding wrong, this is, you know, I, I kind of feel like in 10 years' time, someone who could have very easily just moved nicely into a beautiful little um, potentially TV role could easily have seen him move nicely into that. I don't know. I think this generation now are kind of just – this guy needs to shut up and shut up quickly because it's it's not looking good for him. The like, weird eating, the weird dieting eating thing. Stuff. He's like, oh, the weight. He's so obsessed with his weight too. He's oh, you know, I'm two kilos over. It's like, mate, fifty watts off. He, uh, he he's he really. If he's serious, which sounds like he is, it's he he honestly sounds like he's lost his marbles. Like he he he's there's no he's lost. Like I'm a Chris Froome fan too. I got the bloody signed jersey thing. Like I'm, I'm but I, I'm I'm really quickly losing respect here. <laughs> he's and it's he's like. A- Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Senile old man who's like, oh, my bike fits so wrong. He's, he's like- Chris Miller. Like, he's 100% Chris Miller. I've been in that headspace. My favorite one was when we went and did that team camp in 2020 in Barrel. And we did that absolute smash up Baron Gary. And mm-hmm. guess what? Jay Vine dropped me in three minutes because I couldn't do 440 watts for that time. And then, you know, fell back, whatever. And I get to the top and, you know, 
he's put 20 minutes into everyone and I'm there at the top going, oh, my saddle slipped down. The saddle didn't move. There was nothing wrong with my saddle. It was completely my legs. But you just, you just, whatever, because you. But when you, you can, when you start 100% believing it, you yeah. really have a problem. Mm. And it sounds like he has got more than a problem because this is the weirdest article I've, I've read in a long time. So he's going, he's coming back out for another lap, is he? Two more laps. He's got two more years on his contract. Yeah. Oh, my dear. <laughs> This could get really good. This is, yeah, cap the popcorn. What, what's he going to come up with next? But the, the, prob- that's act- the problem is actually that we are laughing now. Like that first and second year, you, you felt sorry for him because it, it was like an inspiring story of a guy coming back from injury and you actually felt bad for him. But it's been so long now and just the stack up of weird reasoning that he seems to really believe, it's, it's, it's in laugh territory. It really is. It's one of those ones like cycling's a really brutal sport like this in terms of, you know, he, he's not competitive anymore. And, but, and it's not like in other sports where you can you can be the old guy on the team and still add real value. Like even if it's just in the sheds or it's, you know, you still might be able to play a through ball or, or just there's, there's, there's experience that you can impart in your team that's, that's still super valuable. Like vets are really good at it and people still selected in teams to do it. In cycling – Unless you're like a real bopper who's just a great at positioning people, like when the when the watts go, there's not a, a lot you can do, and and so I can't, I don't feel bad for him, but like I feel like where where what's what can he do? What can he offer his team? Considering he's going to be the best like aid rider on that team for another year, it's like what can you do? Just just be professional would be. All I could say, like, shut up, do your work. In part, don't talk about nutrition to anyone on your team because you'll destroy their future. But just, you know, tactics and things like that can certainly be something you can help in, help with dealing with the media maybe. I don't know. But just this is just not cool. Just Or, or at the very least, just be a positive sort of influencer for the team so we're on board. So it's... Next time we see Israel Premier Tech at a race, we're, we're barracking for them because Froomey's on there and he's and he's got a smile on his face, and it, yeah, positive positive influence. This is just not the opposite of that. He just makes it more of a laughing stock. Totally agree. Just quickly, a bit of good racing uh, chat to have was this is very very niche, very very antipodean Southern Hemisphere chat for you, but. Uh, tour of the Southland concluded last weekend. It's it's uh, it's not even a UCI race, is it? No, but I would argue pr- probably one of the toughest. We never did it, but one of the toughest bike races in Australia and New Zealand. Stage race down in the South Island of New Zealand. Whatever, most people don't need to know that. But what I was super impressed with, and they do this every year somehow, and I don't know how, like churn out really good. YouTube highlights videos almost the day of. It's like as good as watching like a, you know, GCN replay of some sort of, you know, European tour. Parkour is pretty cool. Um, Get some really good riders. Uh, I don't know who won, I should add. I think it was actually Dan Gardner, I think is his name. I actually have no, I've never heard of him before, but he, he won. Um, yeah, they, and they have moto footage. They have uh, co- f- commentary. The whole, I don't know how they do it so quick. It's, 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 it's actually amazing. I'd love to see that. Well, I, the, the viewer numbers on it are pretty, pretty solid, I would have said. Like, I don't know. I just think that's a really good template for how a bike race can be promoted down here. It doesn't need massive, you know, like infrastructure behind it, but – I don't know. They just they just get around it. It yeah. works really well. If you're in the Northern Hemisphere and you want a good 15, 20-minute trainer video, similar like a NorCal thing, put on the Southland highlights. It's good racing because the stages start off, they do this similar to that Golden Mile stuff they do in Belgium where it's like sprint frames at the start, then it's gritty conditions. There's always there's a shit ton of breakaways, so that keeps the action. And then – it's a super high level race, so you know that the guys winning, if it's a hill climb finish, are doing a bazillion watts, which makes it entertaining to win because you know they're legitimate athletes. 
So yeah, and, and it's on YouTube for free. So if you if you want some trainer content, go and watch Southland highlights. They're they're really good. This year's version wasn't windy. If you have a look at last year's version, it was like hilarious, absolutely brilliant. Normally it is super windy down there, but um, no, check it out. Yeah. Oh, I should have also added. I should also say if you're into sprinting, if you're not really, don't care me what's peculiar someone's doing, watch the sprints because Nick Kirgazoo, who's a, a Kiwi track sprinter, he's he won a lot of the flat stages and he's in the sprints, he's going about 70K an hour. Like he'll his sprint he'll hold... 1,500 watts, 1,600 watts. So if you just want to see really good high-level bike racing, it's it's perfect. It ticks that box. Flavor of the week on YouTube, again, is this, oh, bikes are too expensive. Is the bike industry a rip-off stuff? Um, that's popped up again. I mean, we can't, we're not going to call the hot black or whatever that saying is because we also love to go down that rabbit hole. But it's usually talking about bikes. Pretty much all the time the videos are saying just talk about the cost of a bike. Are there any things that come to mind for you that you think are a ripoff in cycling that are not bike related? The problem with this chat, Jesse, is it just comes down to the most impossible word to define in cycling, which is value. Because What's value to someone, whatever, like is just completely. So yeah. that's kind of what I'm trying to yeah, cut through here is what are the things that are objectively terrible I know. Value? And that, that's, yep. why, that's why I want to bring up this one because I don't think, I think the value to this is zero. So any money spent on it is therefore overpriced, which I don't know is particularly why you, where you wanted to take this, but I like whatever, it, I want to get yeah. off my chest yep. anyway. Okay, let's go. So. Not to sound like Dylan Johnson, but for me, it's trainer road. Like I, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know why that's get so funny. the point of why you would spend money on this. Oh, because it, not everyone can get a one-on-one. Yes, that's fine. But if you think this is actually moving the needle for you, like you might as well just randomly type interval workouts into YouTube and just do those. Like just go and do those. Just invent your own structure, go nuts. Use the Garmin bloody how to train program that comes with your Garmin. Like it, it's a starting point to get you into into training. Go go with that. I don't see the point of spending 300 bucks a month on pretend training. Well, it's not 300 a month. 300 a year. Oh, sorry. sorry. Yeah, no, 300 no. a year. Okay, yep. Australian, Australian dollars. dollars. Okay, yeah, so right. I don't know. That's about, about 100, 190 yeah. bucks a year. I realise I've just got the army of trainer road people. Oh, I trained for this and I was amazing. That's good. But I guarantee you any interval-y type thing will have, will have got you into that. This is, this is just me. I don't think that's money well spent. Therefore, I think it's overpriced. Okay. okay. Uh, I uh, I understand I am currently wearing a T-shirt that has my coaching business on it. So whatever I say here is just totally valueless. Um, in defense of Trainer Road, I have seen people, especially the ones that do a lot of training indoors, it does keep them consistent. I haven't done – I haven't sat down and spent days analyzing the Trainer Road plans so I can't really say if they're any good or not. But in terms of keeping someone moving, I mean, 20 US dollars a month, it's 30 bucks a month. So it's so cheap. I would, yeah, I guess, yeah, I, I get your point. I, it is just insanely, 30 bucks a month is like nothing. Not, I mean, it is to some people, but it's for, for a, you're getting software for that. So I don't know. Yeah. Yep. But for the people that I see in Centennial Park clearly doing a trainer road workout, I'm I'm with you. I just you you, you are it's not going to work. It's it's more effort than it's worth. This the whole that trying to do a trainer road session outdoors. So I'm with you. I'm with you. But don't in that you situation. don't you honestly think you could you could watch a a Dylan Johnson video on how to how to structure your year training, then then watch. Uh, what are the, what is a threshold session? What is a sprint session? What is a blah, blah? and you could I don't know I just kind of feel like you could get around that 
and it would at a stage though it's not even about that because potentially maybe you could but that's not giving you any confidence that's going to make you want to follow it so you can say you can argue to the end of the earth that this trainer road thing isn't structured properly for whatever reason from the example you've seen but if someone believes in it and it keeps them consistent doing the workouts it has a value from that point of view even if yes someone could do it themselves They'll do their DIY program for a month and they'll want someone telling them what to do that has more knowledge anyway. So if that point of view, I can see it. I got a, This is the biggest scam in cycling and endurance sport is carbohydrate and or electrolyte products as a whole overall. For 19 out of 20... Scenarios: someone using an SIS or a Morton or any other drink mix situation, they could just use sugar, which is all intents and purposes free. It's that cheap and get the exact same outcome. I use... It doesn't come in the black. Right. It doesn't come it doesn't in the back. Right. It's for that reason. I just, I can't. There's nothing in the industry that has because you can say we can sit here and say a, a, a an as normal a panormal kit is a ripoff. But at the end of the day, you have to have kit to wear. So you're going to be buying kit anyway. And if you want something that's fashionable, you, you buy your panormal. Happy days. But to go out and spend hundreds of dollars, like I had did over the years, or thousands, probably thousands of dollars on sports nutrition carbohydrate products when I had it for free in the cupboard the entire time. Like, it makes me so annoyed at myself. And there is still a place for some of these products for in certain situations. I get it. Like, I still use beta fuel gels every now and again. But 19 out of 20 times, I'm just using sugar. And it does the exact same thing. And it's pretty much free. And I'm really annoyed how much time I spent paying for those products. Especially because, right, a lot of the products, the first ingredient is sugar. So the Scratch Labs hydration mix, the first ingredient is cane sugar. So even if it in your brain is sort of weird using just sugar from your cupboard and you can't really get over that, if you go and buy a sports nutrition product, a lot of them are predominantly sugar as the first ingredient anyway. Now that makes you feel better, sure, but you're paying for it. And same thing with electrolytes. I mean, again, I'm going to say 19 out of 20 times if someone needs sodium for their exercise they can just use table salt sodium chloride you can get your sodium in figure out how much you want how much sodium is in your favorite electrolyte product oh uh if i have a scoop of this i'm getting 500 milligrams of sodium an hour well go and do the calculation and just use your table salt for that now there are situations where you might need sodium citrate because you don't want too much if you're having high doses of sodium you don't want the the chloride that's in the sodium chloride but they're very niche for the average person Going and doing a club ride for three hours, they could just use sugar and table salt and it's pretty much free. And that is, I can't think of anything that's more of a ripoff than <laughs> Jura's sport products. Hard to convince people that what you're taking is as good. Like it, <laughs> I know. I, it's, yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. And, yeah. Like, because you used to run sugar. I still do. So you still? I was good because I was going to ask you. What, where are you, did you? Do you I still? So I, yeah, I, I, I am. I'm a fifty percent sugar, fifty percent staminade in terms of in my drinks, and I'm a as far as gels. The only time I ever have gels is when we go to an event. Uh, the only food I eat is the natural confectionery company lollies. So that's that's me sort of covered. Um, okay. I, I'm, I was okay. a, so I was a, program. I was an OG. I was a brown sugar man. Oh, that was, <laughs> those were tough days. <laughs> it, was, it was right in there. <laughs> I'd sometimes mix it up and have a brown yeah. sugar one and a raw sugar yeah. one and Co keep, keep some the, coconut sugar or keep the, keep yeah. the crowd guessing. Yeah. Um, that's such a good one, Jesse. Cause like, yeah, I don't know whether we want to get into this today. Maybe I'll wait till next week to have my full sook about it, but just the, oh, the industry's killing us chat that just descends into this this is too expensive oh you think that's expensive like 
you think that's moderately priced? That's really expensive for me. And then that goes down to the next person who says that's in the next level to the next level. Whereas no one's actually offering a solution for what is expensive. Whereas that's a solution for what's expensive. So anyway, well done. I had another one and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it up in the air. You got to catch it with your left or right hand because I, I didn't know where to go with this one. Head units. The name brand cycling computer. So a, a regular retail price in Australia of a Wahoo Element Roam 2.0, the latest version, 600 Australian, and a Garmin Edge 830, 700 Australian. And that Garmin one's not the top of the line. You can get the one with the solar panels, which I think are excellent. Um, so it's a six $700 range for mid to upper level head unit. Now, a Google Pixel 6a with 128 gigabytes of storage is also $600. So in terms of in the electronic space, what you're getting for your money? Well, I, yeah, look, anyone who's watched any of this channel for whatever period of time is, yes, I've, I've had that sook many, many times. Um, yes, yes, it is a ripoff. I think there are alternatives. Well, okay, the, in terms of actual realistic alternatives at the moment, okay, so you've got your phone option that you just discussed. That's a... That's a new there's, – there's new changes to that, especially with the way the Apple Watch now works with um, cadence sensors and power sensors and actually links to it and alt, and also then mirrors your display onto your phone. So you have – if you have an Apple Watch, you actually have a legitimate bike computer in your pocket, which brings into the problem of, okay, well, now I'm using my phone as a bike computer, which, as you rightly said, is minimum $600 as a phone. Do I want that sitting out in front of my bike? So then you're like, okay, well, the value of the head unit is its ruggedness, right? It's going to friggin' ride through a storm with me. I don't have to worry about worry about it from, from that perspective. And I do think they are good at that. They are rugged. I, I have never had an issue with a head unit failing from any kind of weather or the way I've treated it, which has never been particularly good. I have, by the way. But it was replaced under warranty. Okay. Yep. Um, and then and then there's the the cheap cheaper version. So I've used a machine one. I was going to ask that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which look again is fine. They they work. They track your speed and your power and all that kind of stuff. But they're always missing those little things that if if I didn't know Climb Pro existed, mm -hmm. it probably wouldn't bother me. Yep. But I know Climb Pro exists, <laughs> so it bothers yep. me. Yep. Um, yeah. So there, there are value adds to to the main ones. Again, it comes back to that word of value. What does value mean to you? For me, ultimately, the watch thing is a nice, funny thing to have, and I test it every now and again. It's great. But to just have my have my cycling world in this one device that's not connected to anything else that I use is probably going to be the way I live the rest of my cycling life. I can't see myself migrating onto some like proprietary third-party thing that does other parts of my life for me. Mm. Okay. I can see that. So you're, so you're on the side of actually all in all, they're pre. They're, they're it's a hard, look, it's a hard sell to say it's not a ripoff because you look at the UI, you look at the bugginess and you're just like, how, how is this? this? Yeah. Like I get it, but I I think I'm in the same boat as you because first thing when I was coming up with things I thought oh head units are a rip off how expensive these and then I thought oh actually I've had mine for probably four years like even if that cost a thousand dollars that's pretty cheap so I really softened on this I actually think head units do what they say on the tin at least the Wahoo one that I have does what it says on the tin extremely well so I can't call. Head units rip off. So I have no idea why I brought it up because they're, we both kind of think they're pretty good value. But I think that's one of the ones when you see the retail price, you go, ooh, especially when you start comparing them to phones. Yeah. Uh, like that, that sort of has tracked up a little bit for me in terms of value just overall. I think mostly because of like how long have you known me and how many head units have I used? Like, yeah, whatever. We could be here for a while. In comparison to how many shoes you've used or yeah, pedal true. systems. That's true. It's relatively, it's relatively modest. modest actually. <laughs> but 
Actually, the shoes is interesting because the shoes and the head unit, the two things I haven't changed for over 18 months. We're almost at two years now. And that's unlike me. So I think the reason I'm kind of tracking up a little bit on the head units being, oh, you know, I'm actually softening a bit on this is I kind of like that 1040 solar. And well, I spent enough on it, so I'm going to like it for a while. But yeah, so there's that. The thing that's tracked down for me in terms of value is Strava Premium. So I I let my Strava Premium uh, actually last week drop off. Um, and I don't really see myself... I don't see myself engaging with Strava at all really going forward. I'm not going to make some big hot take and say Strava is going to be dead or something like that. (laughs) But for me, I just am totally out of that. Okay. It's because the thing, I think the main thing is, the the big thing is like in Strava, you're all in your little, everyone's in their Strava bubble. Right. There's no, you're just in your bubble. There's no algorithm. There's no, there's no way to go and reach other people yep. and do that. So if you're in my bubble, great. You're not going to get much from me, but <laughs> welcome. <laughs> and that's, that's sort of it, you know? I can, I see where you're coming from. I'm never going to agree because I'm obsessed with Strava. Please go follow me. I try and upload lots of photos and I, 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 I am a certified Strava stalker. Um, I wonder what my hour, like hours per week on Strava is. I mean, it is kind of part of my job, so I, that's my excuse. But I couldn't disagree more. But I appreciate. What, but what's what you the said. buzz? Talk me through the buzz you get on Strava. So you hit that, you hit that orange icon on your phone, and you're just like, oh, here we go, here we go. What did we do today? What's, what's? Talk me through the whole process. I like looking through the minutia of all <laughs> kinds of people's rides, even if I don't follow. I'll quite often go. Look, someone, and I don't like. See, I don't follow a lot of people because I I don't want everyone's crap in my feed. But I'll quite often go and look up um, Tura Southland, Nick Kyrgyzou. How many bazillion watts is he doing in the sprint? And go on, oh, he's on, he's on public. You know, have a poke around. Oh, he did eighteen hundred watts. That just stuff like that. Race uh, Taiwan KOM challenge. That, oh, let's go. I go have a look at this segment. Like I just am obsessed with riots. Yep, a hundred. Interesting. But don't you find, I mean, you said that you only follow a few people. Because of the way the UI works, you don't want to be dumped with all these other people. And so that's the thing that frustrates me. Like, I'd happily go and stalk some people, happily go and do that. No issues with it. But how do I do that? Well, I've got to, like, I've got to know their name. Like, the KOM thing, like, I would love to have, like, an option where I I was able to, like, search the globe and be like, oh, here's here's the KOM challenge or, or, or there's like heat maps of what happened today, like what's trending, what ride's trending today. I could get around that. I could totally froth like stalking that sort of stuff. But when it's just I'm just fed the same people that I always followed, I probably haven't followed a new person on Strava in like four years because I can't be bothered. And so there's people on there who I don't know or don't care about, but they're in my feed and there's their ride around Canberra today. Cool. <laughs> I, I yeah sure everyone I mean I maybe I'm just well I'm just obsessed with training so I, I that's fine I can't, yeah it's just that's what, fine. Yeah, yeah I can't help it it's like people that live on LinkedIn just obsessed with Getting business and things like that <laughs> fifty minute club all right um do you want to I saw that you wrote down here GCN article oh what's what, what interests you you're gonna interview you're gonna, you're gonna challenge me on this no I thought that was that was pretty cool. I mean, we we talk about GCN a lot, good and bad. There's no arguing that they are, in terms of road cycling content, they're the biggest. Um, so to get a an article about Chris Miller and the Nero show was was really cool. And it's something we have complained about the legacy media that entirely ignore this segment of the sport, which is f- strange because it gets a lot of eyeballs and a lot of views and they choose to ignore it. And now GCN have a news section of their website and someone reached out and said, hey, you are relevant in the road cycling space. Can we interview you? We're interested in your story. And I thought that was really uh, that's cool. Was, oh, that's exactly what we said in probably one of the first episodes we did. I don't think this would have happened if it wasn't for the fact that that news, that's a real big push for them, I think, going forward. I th- there's, there's definitely 
um, at the moment, it's actually a really useful way of getting news. It's not, there's not a lot of ads around it. It's, it's pretty well presented. I think the, the main reporter is well respected in it. And ultimately they, and it sounds a bit cynical, but they, they needed content to fill that news tab. And yeah, they reached out to us and yeah, you're dead right. That was, that was pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty cool. It was, it was, it was fun. It was interesting. Uh, it was certainly interesting talking to them and, Having them say stuff like, "Oh yeah, the guys, the guys here watch." I, I walk around the office and I often see the guys sitting down watching, <laughs> watching you and Jesse. Which I don't know. I, kinda, oh, I feel bad now. Yeah, I'm I know, sorry. Kind of giggle at. <laughs> um, but you know, as as we've said, any time that we talk about GCN from a criticism sort of perspective, it's more that we kind of feel like they can do better or should do better rather than get stuffed. We don't want you here. Kind of thing, um, which is seem, seemingly the the way of it. Um, but there was an interesting question in there that I, I, I saw, and it was something on the lines of, "You guys on the show talk a lot about marketing. Why is that? What's your obsession with marketing?" Was the sort of in, I felt like was the intention of the question. I thought that was an interesting question, at the least, because to I've never really actually thought about it. But from my point of view, marketing is is everything like how, how can you have a discussion around pretty much anything related to cycling and not discuss the marketing? I mean, every, pretty much everything you watch is marketing. You watch the tour de France, it's marketing. You watch GCN. A lot of the time it's advertising or marketing. It doesn't mean it's bad. It just is what it is. So S works release. Okay. What is it? How many watts does it say for the wind tunnel? Yeah. Okay, cool. But nine out of 10 people buying an S-Works SL8 is because of the marketing. So to me, that was that's always the the interesting part of the discussion is something related to how it's received in the market. How are they selling it? Why are people buying it? As opposed to just some um, engineering discussion around how fast do you think it actually is? I mean, that's a small, relatively small part of the discussion around anything. It's still that chat. Um, or that difficult to comprehend, like, for example, us talking about the focus last week, all right? So that chat in years gone by doesn't happen or how, how can we, who haven't ridden the bike, seen the bike, talk about the bike? And the reason we are is because, okay, we're cyclists, we have we have a bit of an insight into sort of certain specifications and things like that. But beyond that, we're interested in what's, what's, what's getting people excited. Like what's, what is it about this bike launch that's forcing people in the next bunch ride to actually start talking about it. And in the days gone by, it would have been like, Oh, you saw X pro on it or, you know, that, that was, or in, in the magazine, oh, I saw the photo of it. They're the only chats you have. Now your chat doesn't happen like that. It, ha- it happens from, oh, I saw the new Bianchi was launched. Oh, did you see X, Y, Z? And that's, that's I suppose, the, the direction we go when we talk about, especially like a new brand. We're making it up as we go a lot of the time because we're kind of new to this space. But we're, we're trying to tap into the chats that people are having when they're talking about these bikes and the way it's being marketed to them, who the people who with the people we think would buy the bike are, you know, and that, I think that kind of fascinated them that we were willing to put a demographic on a brand or a model. But I find that way more interesting. Way I don't more interesting. Really care what it weighs. I mean, I can go and read that, but I don't, like someone sitting down having a discussion about it. Okay, it's kind of interesting, but that's I genuinely find that whole side more important or more interesting to from a discussion point of view. Yeah. But, the, but it was interesting that that was that that was a question that the interviewer had for you, that that was something that they found quite confusing or, or interesting in that. Oh, why are you so obsessed with marketing? I don't know. A, isn't, that, isn't that everything? <laughs> I don't know. It's funny. Yeah. You're right in what you said that, in that us coming out and saying, this bike's for fat boomers. Like, you can't say that. <laughs> I mean, you, you probably, I'd probably say it to you, and, and Jimmy probably says it to Scott, you know, but 
you, there's no way any like legitimate publication would ever say that, even if they thought it. So, but it's an interesting. It, it's it could be true. Maybe it's our bubble bias. When it doesn't, it doesn't mean it's right or wrong. But it, it's still interesting. I do think there's also that that thing of people are, are sort of you know GCN showy type thing. Are used to people bringing up the topics and sometimes even being presented um, alternate viewpoints and potential outcomes of said topic, but to actually nail your own colours to the flag on a topic and often double down on it when when it relates to the brand that maybe you just bought or you know you've you've owned many of these bikes and is actually the bike that you love to have someone else offer a different opinion and double down on that i can understand why that sort of is a challenging conversation for people to have um yeah i think that makes sense all right that was a good little nasal gaze jesse yep thanks and for indulging us apart from that i think we are done have you got anything else you want to bring to the table no nah, nothing mate nothing oh, wow I'm okay. done. Fair enough. Why? why have you got some? You got no, 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 no. It's just very Australian all of a sudden. Yeah, mate. We're, we're trying to internationalise oh, the audience. Sorry, Jesse. Come on. Um, neutral, neutral accent. I am not accents. going to do an accent that's actually that's very uh, that's very racist neutral to do someone's accent. Sense. All right, um, guys. Thank you so much for watching again. Uh, please do make sure to try and share the show on to anyone you think might be interested. Uh, like this video that really does help and of course subscribe jc thank you for your time thanks for listening we'll see you next week see you then mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.